Yeah, I did my undergrad in biochemistry, and then I also did a bunch of comp sci uh, courses in mathematics. And so it's always been my interest that, you know, when I uh, was choosing what program to do, it was either computer engineering or biochemistry, and I chose biochemistry. Um, and, uh, and But then make sure the, the computer piece was, uh, was in there. It's always been sort of an interest uh, of mine. And so as I, you know, went through... Uh, different, uh, you know, studies and sort of got into to medical school. It was something that I, you know, kept with me and, and uh, you know, did research in, in digital health and ensured that I sort of stayed grounded in that. I, I just, I saw the, the opportunity to make things better by, by continuing to leverage technology, uh, recognizing as well you have to do it right to make things better, that there are also um, challenges that we've introduced on clinicians because of technology. So it sort of stayed with me in terms of that interest and passion in, in doing things in the med tech space. And, um, you know, that's why I'm where I am today. Who's making really cute robots that make burnout from physicians a lot less likely? It's Dr. Mohammed Alarakia. Uh, my name is Jeff. I am the host of this podcast, MedTech Talks, um, which is under How It's Med. Um, today, our guest, as I just mentioned, is Dr. Mohammed Alarakia. How are you doing, Mohammed? Uh, other than having a ton of snow outside, I'm I'm doing great, Jeff. Okay, but how how much snow is it? Because Vancouver snow that that hampers everything is like at least an inch. What 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 is what is your <laughs> snow? Your definition? It's about it's about it's about four four inches. So okay. uh, you know, and and that's not too bad here because uh, I think we're we're used to it. All right. Okay. Well. With the snow and all, has that been hampering, I guess, the, the sheer amount of work that you're doing? Because, I mean, we've chatted before this podcast off the air. Um, have you been, like, how's everything been going? Yeah, well, I think, you know, thank God for virtual care, right? Because then yeah. you can still follow up with patients uh, using virtual care. And we're going to talk about robots. Ro robots uh, don't care if it's snow or not because they're, they're virtual and they can do, keep, keep on doing their, their work. They, they show up to, to work every day. So uh, I, I think that uh, work is uh, taking along. Um, and, you know, with the, the pandemic and, and the snow days and stuff, I think it is challenging, I think, on a personal level with, yeah. with uh, sort of managing that. But uh, I think we're managing uh, and we're looking at, uh, at the light at the end of the tunnel and, and getting back to some semblance of normalcy. See, robots and medicine just reminds me either of Star Wars or Skynet. Um, but I, I think you're the one to correct me on that, uh, on that stark dichotomy. So bef like, let's just dive into it. What, why did you go into medicine? I think that's perhaps a good way to, you know, set the story. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think, uh, it started with my grandma. Um, really my grandmother, uh, was with us and, and, you know, she raised my, uh, my dad and, and seven other kids alone, uh, cause my, my grandfather passed away, uh, when, um, you know, his kids were quite young. Uh, and so, you know, she was a matriarch of the house. Uh, she uh, lived with us uh, and uh, she got tremendous care from her family physician. Her family physician would come home uh, and look after her and was always there. And I, you know, I remember vividly when she wasn't doing so well, uh, he came home and did a home visit and, and called the ambulance and, and then accompanied her to the hospital. And so that really just, it showed me what, um, you know, care was about how that relationship was so key. She trusted him um, and, you know, listened to him, even though she wouldn't uh, sometimes listen to us on, on certain things. She, she really Fair did uh, appreciate his, uh, his uh, you know, uh, advice. And, you know, she would, wouldn't go to the hospital, but when he told her that she needed to go to the hospital, then she, she followed through on that. And so I really saw that the, the role of 
uh, a clinician in someone's care was was clear. And you know, I think I've tied tied a lot of things to that that experience because it really is about allowing clinicians to care for patients and have that relationship. And there are a lot of things that get in the way. And so some of the work that uh, I've been doing is to get those things out of the way and and uh, go back to you know where where that relationship is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. So it seems like that uh, relationship between the patient and physician really stands out to you. But you seem to gone you you seem to have gone into the med tech route to some degree. I, I guess uh, how did that begin? I, I remember off the air you talked a little bit about having a background in comp sci. Was it? Yeah, I did my undergrad in biochemistry, and then I also did a bunch of comp sci uh, courses in mathematics. And so it's always been my interest that, you know, when I uh, was choosing what program to do, it was either computer engineering or biochemistry, and I chose biochemistry. Um, and, uh, and But then make sure the, the computer piece was, uh, was in there. It's always been sort of an interest uh, of mine. And so as I, you know, went through uh, different, uh, you know, studies and sort of got into to medical school, it was something that I, you know, kept with me and and uh, you know, did research in in digital health and ensured that I sort of stayed grounded in that. I, I just I saw the the opportunity to make things better by by continuing to leverage technology, uh, recognizing as well you have to do it right to make things better. That there are also um, challenges that we've introduced on clinicians because of technology. So it sort of stayed with me in terms of that interest and passion in in doing things in the med tech space and. Um, you know, that's why I'm where I am today. So, Mohammed, I, I don't mean to date you, but uh, back when you were going through the whole med tech scene, um, what did digital health look like? Because I think that setting that scene would allow us to go through time together a lot more smoothly. Yeah, sure. So when dinosaur roamed the earth, um, uh, uh, stone tablets, you know, right? No, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. We had the, we had tablets at least, right? Um, at that at that point in time, and they made a comeback uh, pre-COVID in, into clinics. But you know, I, it, it really was uh, you know in terms of patient health. So my you know my uh, research project in medical school was on uh, health information on the internet, and mm-hmm. it was just sort of uh, starting in terms of having information available for patients. And there was a lot of work on well, is it accurate information, and and should patients sort of rely on it? There there wasn't a Google. To go uh, and and easily search for things um, at that point, and so um, you know there was you know a work on looking at you know approving websites and making sure they had appropriate information at that time, and you know that's still still relevant today. Mm-hmm. But very much you know uh, email had just sort of started up at its uh, sort of infancy, and and communication electronically had just started up, um, and so it was just. I think we were recognizing that there was some potential here, but I think it was more about the dangers, right? What what is like, oh, people are going to go online and look at information that would be, and I wouldn't, in my research at that time, about 30% of it was accurate. And so, you know, they're going to look at information that's not accurate and then uh, go talk to their provider and what harms can that cause? And I think we, you know, we flip things on this head right now, I hope, but there's still some mm-hmm. of those concerns, right? So some yeah. of uh, these things are maybe... Uh, maybe timeless as a way to put it, yeah. uh, in terms of some of the cautions uh, that are out there. Yeah, that's very that's very do no harm of you, looking at the dangers first instead of the benefits first. But what are some of the benefits that you saw of, uh, I guess, what was digital health back then uh, in terms of patients being more informed, et cetera? Yeah, and so in my residency, I carried on that work from a patient-facing perspective and yeah. uh, did a study on a patient portal. 
uh, actually for, for diabetes and diabetes patients were entering information online, uh, their blood glucose, uh, their, their blood pressure, the amount of exercise. Uh, and so it, it was, you know, it seemed very empowering to them. And we actually did a control group study where we looked at uh, uh, patients that didn't have access to this technology and weren't, weren't doing that. And we saw benefits in terms of their uh, blood glucose control um, and satisfaction. And so it, I, I think what, you know, I saw at that time was that there was an opportunity to help uh, patients self-manage their care, help clinicians get the information. So, you know, when you see a patient for a diabetic visit, you want to review their sugars, you want to ask them how they're doing. Well, if you're capturing that in between visits to a portal, then you're able to actually have a more informed conversation at the time and, and understand why things may, may not be so good uh, because of challenges with, you know, getting access to food and, you know, food insecurity or other stressors in their life, because they could document all of that uh, in, in, the, in the portal. So, you know, that really showed me, you know, there is another side to this. There, there are opportunities here where we, where we can work as more of a collaborative partnership between, uh, you know, clinicians and patients, where we can sort of move some of these things uh, forward in between appointments, right? When, when you're not sort of connected to the patient uh, you sort of both lose each other a, a little bit. And then when you try to come back in a, in a short time, you're trying to fill everyone, each other in on what's happening and what your thoughts are, and you don't have enough time. So this really took that a, a dimension away and mm -hmm. you're able to, you know, at least capture information in between uh, appointments. That's really fascinating because you said to me at the beginning of this podcast that the, it's the patient-physician interaction that's really important to you. But it seems like instead of making care more impersonal by using technology, you've made it to some degree much more personal by your focus on medtech between visits or digital health visits or interactions between visits. Yeah, that's that's exactly what we need to do intentionally, though. Like, I think it can mm -hmm. become more impersonal if someone just sort of goes on to a virtual walk-in clinic, as an example. That can be challenging, right? Uh, you don't know. Uh, the provider for certain things like chronic disease management, there's a lot of catch up to do in, in terms of what's going on. And so I think we have to understand that, understand that there are some risks with that, uh, but that used appropriately. And again, this is about clinicians and patients actually co-designing this, working together on mm -hmm. moving this forward, that, you know, you can make things better. You can actually facilitate interactions, you know, for example, when patients come to my office, before they come, we send them questionnaires where they're able to fill in information and it goes right into the medical record. And so that actually makes the the appointment a lot more efficient. Um, we're able to focus on some of the important things, um, able, to, uh, able to, to talk about and allay sort of any sort of concerns around uh, any issues. Uh, and so, you know, if you do it right, you can actually sort of um, have a better uh, relationship uh, you know, despite, you know, I think some of the fears about technology actually causing the opposite. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that clinical trial seems to have been a pivotal experience for you in terms of bringing together your different areas of interest and passion. But what were some of the hardest parts or the, the, the tougher stories that you had coming out of that clinical trial? Because clinical trials aren't trivial at all to manage. Yeah, absolutely. So like, you know, I think, you know, it was a, a group and I was very fortunate to have a great group of uh, other residents with me sort of working, working on this. Uh, we were uh, sort of uh, sla slaving away. We were sort of known as the group that would be sort of staying behind and getting, uh, you know, analyzing the data, following up with, with patients, making sure that, um, you know, uh, we had sort of people engaged and 
and so it was a it was a lot of work. I do think in the digital health realm, we need to do more of that. Like you know, we I think we th- we see lots of things that can be successful, but are they actually successful? Right. So mm-hmm. a lot of talk about artificial intelligence now and how it can help with with care, um, and lots of things about you know automatically triaging patients. Does that help? Right. I think we need to sort of understand that. You know, we need to do the right studies to understand are things working or not. Not to say that we shouldn't innovate and try things and move things forward. I think we need to do that, um, but also understand what the role is because, you know, things can make care worse. And so we just need to be aware of that and we need to be proactive in, in understanding the role uh, that technology has in, in the care, the delivery of care. So you're carrying out an, I guess, an instance of health tech assessment, and that must have been uh, something that, that I guess you worked really hard to do well. But how did all this experience carry over into your founding? Did you found the eHealth Center of Excellence? I did. There you go. Okay. So how did your experience carry over into the founding of that organization? And like, what, what were the specific ties? Yeah, so it's a not-for-profit organization uh, that's a delivery partner uh, in in the health system that really helps uh, clinicians use technology to help uh, to support patient care. Um, you know, when I went into it, I had lots of scars from the different work that I had done before in terms of knowing what doesn't doesn't work. Knowing scars. that, yeah, I mean, I, like you know, the majority of health technology um, initiatives in healthcare fail. Uh, because clinicians don't adopt the technology because patients have have trouble uh, accessing the technology. And so learning from that and, you know, between residency and starting the organization, uh, we did a, a ton of other uh, initiatives. I was participating in a lot of other initiatives, uh, you know, that were sort of national projects, provincial projects and local projects. And it uh, just let me know that you have to do things in a very careful manner. Um, so you need to really look at um, uh, understanding, um, you know, what are the implications of each of these things? How are patients and providers impacted? And then go about carefully. So, you know, founding the Health Center of Excellence has been something that we've used that philosophy to test things out, uh, do proof of concepts uh, before we sort of launch things full scale, make sure that we understand how things are going to interact with the rest of the healthcare system, what some of the unintended consequences are, what some of the benefits are. And then once we understand that, then we're able to, to scale and spread things in a way that supports, you know, clinician workflow. So that's been really uh, important. Uh, and so, you know, I've taken direct learnings from my previous, um, you know, exploits or initiatives and put it into the work that we do today. So Mohammed, it seems like that work, uh, with that clinical trial really was, I guess, trendsetting in terms of uh, doing health tech assessment for digital health and involving patients overall uh, consistently between visits. But how did this all tie in to your work with the eHealth Center of Excellence? You founded that, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, in 2014, uh, I founded the eHealth Center of Excellence. Uh, I think a- after experiencing a lot more things as well um, and having sort of a lot of scars from uh, those different initiatives, yeah. you know, the majority of uh, med tech initiatives in, uh, fail uh, because there's you know, there's different challenges um, in terms of different sort of barriers to get into the healthcare space. Uh, adoption is always something that's really important. Uh, how how do clinicians adopt a technology? How do patients adopt a technology? And so 
you know, I learned a lot from participating in different initiatives at the national, provincial, and local level. Um, and that really led me to uh, to found the Health Center of Excellence as a way to uh, understand what works in the clinical workflow. Um, but, you know, how do, how do patients and providers uh, actually interact in the healthcare system and what type of technology would be valuable uh, and establish really a, a, an approach to, to test things out before we scaled and spread. So we do you know, proof of concepts to understand how something would work in the healthcare space. And then once successful, we scale and, and, and spread them. It's, it's about, you know, um, understanding, uh, what the value is, uh, of what we're trying to do and then moving forward. So, you know, we don't rush into things. Um, at the yeah. same time, we, we know there's tremendous opportunity. So, you know, we highlight the opportunities that are there and then we look to pursue things that can, can help, uh, that patient, uh, provider, uh, interaction. You, you said the majority of health tech startups fail. Do you, do you have a ballpark number? <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe to, just to clarify, health, uh, health tech initiatives, right? Health so, tech initiatives, you know, there I, you go. Okay. Initiatives, yeah. So projects that are done, you know, I think it's, uh, it's a fairly high percentage. I'm, don't quote me on this, but like up to 80%. That's wild. Um, it, it is. And the reason, and the reason is, you know, success really is about incorporating them into regular workflow so that people are using them routinely that there is a high active use rate. Mm -hmm. And so we know that, um, you know, even with virtual care, like look at virtual care before the pandemic and, and, you know, it was, it wasn't used, it was, it's been around for a long time, but it wasn't used to, you know, any significant degree with the pandemic, it's really, you know, taken off, but now it's started to fall off again. Right. So, you know, mm -hmm. we went from like single digit percentages, like, you know, uh, 8% in the system to like, 90% in the system. And now it's sort of down to like 40 per, sorry, down to 60% or so. So, you know, sig you know, significant drops, uh, in, in, in usage. Um, and so I think we really have to be careful about how we put these things forward and have the right supports, uh, in the system to, to make them successful. I'm going to go a little bit off track here. Then I'll come back to your work with the eHealth center of excellence, but I mean, you've got a perfect background in terms of work with CompSci as well as being a clinician and then a clinical trial that looked at how patients interact with and benefit from uh, digital health support between visits. So why not go into the startup world and why focus on building the eHealth Center of Excellence? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's uh, the startup world is very appealing. I, I think that there is... Um, tremendous opportunity, lots of great uh, startups that are m making sort of huge gains and, and really helping us move things forward. To me, I saw that the missing uh, piece was the, the clinical voice in, within, within the healthcare system advocating for uh, the use of technology and really putting that sort of lens on, you know, we need to support the patient provider relationship and how do we do that in the right, in the right way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I got into, uh, you know, leadership in, within the healthcare system. Uh, sort of early on uh, through um, what's called the LIN, the Local Health Integration Network, which is like a regional health authority uh, structure in Ontario, and, and then went into Ontario Health uh, as well. And uh, through that, really saw that there was a, a role for uh, clinicians to uh, communicate about what the needs were, about what the challenges were with moving forward in the digitization of the healthcare system, because everyone wants to do it, right? Everyone talks about digitizing the healthcare system how it's a good thing, but we, you know, we need to have the right processes and the right input in, in doing that. There are more physicians and other clinicians 
uh, needed to be leaders in this space to really guide the implementation. So it's not a technology first implementation, it's really a clinician guided implementation of technology. And so I think that that was a gap that I saw. And as I sort of went into it, there, there was an opportunity to say, you know, we're going to work with clinicians to leverage technology that makes sense. And the Health Center of Excellence does that. It's a, it's a not-for-profit organization that really w- works on the front lines with clinicians to say, how do you serve patients better? How do you help improve access to patient care? And that might be virtual visits. It might be, you know, uh, online questionnaires. It might be, you know, having a backend process simpler in terms of the documentation in the chart so that uh, they can spend more time with patients, but it's understanding that first, right? And mm-hmm. so that was what was appealing to me is really just understanding the, all the workflow challenges and then bringing different technologies that startups and uh, and other companies make to bear on that, on those challenges. So, uh, you know, that was an area that was, you know, very interesting to me. I did a, a master's in health information science um, after uh, finishing residency. And that just opened my eyes to, you know, how health systems are designed and how uh, clinicians work within them and what the opportunity was for technology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you saw the the need for technology to be assessed for its merits in terms of helping or helping physicians help patients. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of How It's Med. If you liked what you heard, the best way to support us is to go to your podcast platform, be it Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever you like, and to give us a rating and a recommendation or a comment so that others can best find us. If you can't do that, then we'd really appreciate it if you could share your favorite episode with those that you care about and who you think would find our work interesting. Till next time.